say you could. Go to the Super Bowl. I was carried away. I wasn't. Celebrate one of the most romantic seasons of all time. What would you say if I told you I think I'm in love with you? The Detroit Lions. You're a preppy millionaire and I'm smart and poor. If you dip the field goal. Now I'll not give you the time of day. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You are qualified, MLB. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Hey, kids, it's your old pal, ML Elric, and I'm already in trouble because Mark has started doing these fancy video intros now that we're back on video for those of you who subscribe to Patreon for just five bucks a month. And I was looking down at some of my show prep and I did not watch it. And I'm, it's I'm two weeks in a row. You're not appreciating. Uh, Last week's was brilliant. I loved it. I, I, I was I was <laughs> screwed to the screen. Does that, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. It's really funny because you know, I, I was I, I've grown up um, in my job doing audio editing, so video editing is entirely different. And then I get really discouraged when I think about all these young Gen Zers who can just do it on their phone super quick and then post it up there. It's like, I'm an old man. I did I've see age technology. I did see Tommy Lee Jones there with the uh, with the late um, Ryan O'Neill uh, from our love story inspired right. intro, which. Uh, it's a story about about love that came suddenly and unexpectedly, and then was taken away, much like our Detroit Lions season. Oh boy! And Sean Windsor uh, has had his travails while making his travels <laughs> from San Francisco back to Detroit. And Sean, what were, what were you just, Sean? Are you just looking out the window? Was a squirrel got your attention? Oh, where is he? Yeah, there he is. What's up? Somebody's shoveling. Somebody's shoveling over there. Caught out. Caught the <laughs> corner of my eye. The movement. You're like a dog. Oh, just it's nice. It's nice to look at. Better than looking at the screen. <laughs> but ML's on it. Well, you're on the screen. Yeah. What's going on over there? But uh, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to see myself. You know. <laughs> well, Sean, Mark, and I, but not this accursed wet snow, are all brought to you by our generous sponsors of this show, many of whom are you, our Patreon members. We appreciate you signing up for just five bucks a month. You get an ad-free version of the show. You can watch a video of the show, um, and that's just for five bucks a month. It's really easy to do. We have a link to Patreon on our website, which is mlsoulofdetroit.com. And, of course, we're brought to you by longtime Red Shovel sponsor, the Aldo Eye Center, who's provided many thousands of Michiganders with state-of-the-art eye procedures, giving them precise vision both near and far without the need for glasses, contacts, or reading glasses. Go to YaldoEyeCenter.com and schedule your free evaluation. If you don't know how to get to Yaldo Eye Center, check out Zot Ford and Holly because they have got some sweet whips at some silly prices. $200 a month lease for some 2023s. These are brand new cars, by the way. It's 2023, but they're brand new cars. Great deals. We're going to tell you more about them later in the show. And if you play for the long game, which is really the only game you want to play for, Luke Nowacki and Zach at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies can help you get prepared for retirement, can help you come up with a financial plan so that you're not watching the up and down of the stock market. So you're just sitting there letting your money work for you. Luke, Zach, and Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. We'll tell you a little later on the show how to get in touch with them. But all these guys, you can find their links on our website, which is mlsoulofdetroit 
Radio.com. But uh, I got to start off with a little bit of an alibi. Two weeks ago, we told you we would have cast members from the Kwame Kilpatrick biopic yeah. here. Yeah, I'm dying to meet the guy that played you, ML. Well, yeah. we're trying to get him. Apparently, yeah. he's booked up because he's, uh, you know, when you look like him, no one's the world's your oh. oyster. Oh, oh. oh. he oh. doesn't, doesn't look like me. That's why I thought okay. he might be in demand. <laughs> But uh, we did bump that because we had some other news and because we ourselves want to see the, what Sean told me is actually a biopic. He may have just been a contrarian. So we are going to no, have I, them in a future I, I show. Don't know, and I don't, I don't want to see it, so don't speak for me, and I don't know how it's pronounced. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Sean, Sean hates stories that just keep repeating, so he's been watching the Lions lose big games. Oh, man. I, I don't really hate anything, but, you know. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. I don't hate you guys. There's something. Eh, I mean, there's, there's at least you should some, do an episode of. There's got to be at least a, a healthy dose of self hatred in there. I mean, nobody's nobody's that grumpy without having some serious um, serious issues about uh, you know. One of our bonus episodes should just be things Sean hates, and we'll see how long that episode is. Yeah. I don't hate well, we, we could start with room 7609 that that'd take <laughs> exactly. up the first hour I, I don't I don't hate room 7609 <laughs> I think we may have some audio evidence to the contrary but we will get back to the Kwame Kilpatrick biopic yeah maybe when I'm gone in a future a show. but the other word. thing the other we do have and here's something Sean hates here's some more Kwame Kilpatrick news get the bell ready last week we talked to you about the massive house in uh, Novi that was purchased by his wife's company. Uh, and if you watched last week's video, or you still can, uh, if you're a Patreon member, you saw my video of going out to investigate where that company is based. This week, or last week, I should say, uh, Robert Snell, the Detroit News, reports that Kwame Kilpatrick also purchased a $90,000 SUV. So this notion that Mr. Kilpatrick is broke is fallacious. This notion that Mr. Wait, Kilpatrick what, what is was the, what was the SUV? Was it a was it a Navigator? It was Love? a foreign car, by what? the way. What? So Kilpatrick, who loves Detroit so much, comes back to Novi, and then when he buys a car, he buys a foreign car. So what about his beloved Navigator? Although, in fairness to him, it's uh, Carlita that really liked the Navigator. Her Navi. Wink, wink. <laughs> when do I get my Navi? Yeah, yeah. She she liked the Navigator, and 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 had driven the Navigator before she became mayor, or before he became mayor. Which is how we figured out it was Kwame. Kip Did we ever t tell that story on the air before? Uh, started started again. I don't. Remember. Okay, so there was all this controversy. Steve Wilson and I both reported at the same time that the city spent twenty four thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars just $5 below the threshold where they had to get approval to lease a Navigator. Now, Wilson went out there and reported that it was for the First Lady. We knew that, but we didn't have it confirmed to our satisfaction, so we just reported that the police department or the city had had leased it. And hey, can I ask you a question about yeah. that? So do you think he uh, had it uh, another source on it, or do you think it was just enough for his satisfaction? I think it was enough for his satisfaction okay. because his producer was calling me all week saying, when are you going to say it was for the first lady? You know it was. You know it was. When are you going to say it's for the first lady? Really? So I think they were taking a lot of heat and they didn't have the kind of backup that, that made them comfortable they could stand up to scrutiny. And I said, we all know it was for the first lady. In fact, a, a month or so before we reported this, I had told the mayor's spokesperson at the time, you know, just admit it because it's better to get in front of it yeah. You know if it's true, we are eventually going to get it. 
And when we get it, we're going to report it, and we're going to shove it up your ass. Mm -hmm. And he said, I know you are, but they're telling me there's no Navigator. I said, dude, anyway, so. And you could have been on the end of this. Quit buying prostitutes. You quit buying prostitutes. Because that was his response, and Steve um, confronted him with it. Yeah, but I've never paid for it in my life. Not with money. <laughs> in terms of regret, yeah. But, um... So uh, so we uh, we kept pushing on it, and what broke the story was, I'm a great collector of scraps and notes and string. You know, we in, in in reporting we call it collecting string, where you just collect details and facts and information, and when you have enough, you kind of put it all together, and then you got something. So when Kilpatrick was first elected mayor, there was this sort of purplish navigator parked in the mayor's parking spot outside city hall. And when I walk in that entrance every day and I went to the security desk, I said, Hey, who's parked in the mayor's parking spot? You know, that's, <laughs> that's pretty bold. And they said, uh, and I'd written down the license plate and they said, Oh, that's, you know, that's the first lady's car. And I said, Oh, okay. Mm-mm. So this was the vehicle they had personally leased. So I ripped off that little piece of paper from my notebook with the license plate number and stuck it in my desk drawer and so during the week, as the heat was increasing on Kilpatrick to admit that it was the city leasing a vehicle for the first lady, the uh, deputy mayor at the time, Anthony Adams, was a little older guy. He was a little more uh, steady when it came to taking heat than the Kilpatrick administration. And by the end of the week, I had found this scrap of paper in my desk, and I talked to my boss. I said, well, you know, the, the license plate on the car that they say isn't for the first lady was on another navigator that was for the first lady. And they said, oh, shit, take that to the city. That's, that's, that's it. You broke the case wide open. And I thought, makes sense to me, but I don't know. But we called, and Anthony Adams started handling this issue by then, and he basically just said, you got us. You know, I think really? he, wow. I think I think he had wanted for a long time for the city to cop to this and I'm yeah. sure Christine Beatty, she of the stone wall building was like fuck them <laughs> they can't get it, you know. And I think he's just like, well this is my excuse to to put an end to all this. He said, yeah, it was th- that you're right. It was for the f-. so we reported that Steve Wilson and his producer let out a, a huge sigh of relief and that weekend Kilpatrick had a press conference, you know, admitting to it and blaming it, it was a it was a uh a communications failure by the administration. Say, yeah. You know, yeah, right. And uh, and the funny well, they part they could have gotten that, they could have gotten ahead of it though. Like you even told them to. Yeah, I mean, I think if people had said you leased a vehicle for the first lady, I don't think people expect no. the mayor's wife and his children to drive around in a car that isn't you know a police vehicle with a police driver. I mean, yeah, I mean it 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 made sense, but their whole thing was. We're perfect. We never do anything weird or wrong, and and it also, you know, not to not to drag us too deep into history, but the, the real scandal at the time was this was a luxury vehicle at a time when the city was slashing pay and and workers. But even worse than that, and I was the one who reported this. Steve didn't get this part, but I went to the dealership and they showed me the lease, and I said, "Was this a standard lease?" They said, "No, we don't do one year leases." And these people who work for the mayor came in and said, "We've got twenty four nine ninety five. We want a navigator." And they said, yep. "Well, that's more than a that's more than a, a one year lease." Yeah. And they said, "And they, they said, well, this is this is here's our check. Just give us the car." And they said, "Well, I'll tell you what. We'll we'll give you a two year lease because we do." 
do two-year leases, and that's still more money. But if that's what you have, you know, so the dealership actually did the city a, a favor when the mayor, who was preaching austerity, was throwing money around like there was no tomorrow because his wife wanted Unreal. a navigator. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty ridiculous. And um, if you read the Kwame Sutra, and if you're a <laughs> Patreon is that, is member, that available anywhere? We will be sending Patreon oh, okay. members uh, uh, at a certain level uh, a copy of the Kwame Sutra, which is autographed. There's a line in there from the press conference where just as it's about to start, Kilpatrick has all these hostile reporters there, and uh, and he turns to Jim and he says, "Jim, you know." Get him off me. <laughs> I'm like, you what? think Jim Schaefer's going to save your ass? I mean, he's here because we're the ones busting your ass. But it was one of those deals where in a hostile crowd, uh, a familiar face was better than an unfamiliar face. And uh, I just wish he, I just wish Kilpatrick would go away. I mean, he's good for content, but I just wish he would go away. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, we keep hearing about how smart he is and how much he has to con- contribute. And I don't. You know he's not stupid, although he certainly does a lot of stupid things. And I, I don't think, think he's stupid at all. I, well, but if an idiot like me keeps catching him, he can't be that smart. But then all this stuff that he has to contribute, I think he does have something to contribute. But would he just get out of his own way? Would he quit doing this shit where he feels like he has to be treated like some he's sort entitled, of royalty? Man. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to humble yourself, which I think you have to do to help people. For, for God's sake, just get to the humbling part, and and or the humbling part, as he would say, and <laughs> and forget this. Get, forget that. Yeah, all of a sudden he's British. Him and Johnny Depp and Madonna, three small egos there. Yeah. But uh, but quit making headlines for all the wrong things. And and my God, there are many of us who have have raised our families, uh, I think, very well in much simpler uh, domiciles than this. Yeah. 5,000, 6,000 square foot home in Novi. I mean, dude. And now a $90,000 SUV. So Yeah, and Good not too him. long ago, he was in an 8 by 10 uh, free rental. Yeah, so it averages out facility. to a normal size so, home. Yeah. In his so life. I guess he just wants Should to been, spread out. That lease was a little longer. than. So, yeah. So we will. Right, Sean? You've never looked better, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Why Sorry, you Sean turned off his camera. I don't know why. He he, he no, says he doesn't hate the Kilpatrick stuff, but he does, so he's, he's out. What were you going to say? No, no. I just had to mute myself for a bit for the, uh, you know, the coughing stuff. Yeah, but your camera's off, too. Yeah, because I don't want to, you know, that's, I don't, you don't need to see me doing that. <laughs> <sighs> well, as long as that's the only coffin you're looking at, we're, we're glad, because I understand you're finally going to get a rest. I mean, this... Uh, this Lions thing has been a hell of a run, but you also you also were getting pretty run down just as this thing was, to a lot of us, uh, getting ready for Super Bowl time. Yeah. Say hi to Sean. To yes, we're talking to you. Toss to Sean. Yeah. Veteran of podcasting. Sean, this is... This is where the producer points at you and says, go. We want to hear about your uh, journey to, you know, California. I want to hear about Mike's. Uh, that's oh, nice. Is that a jersey? Uh, well, I that? better stand up. This is, I don't like this that you can a, see uh, us and we can't see you. This is a winter oh, okay. classic. Yeah, nice. uh, let nice. me see. See, you got my. Oh, there's the patch. Like yeah. That. Sorry, everything's in reverse. I can't. Wait, this is that the one that was oh, at the big house? Cool. Uh, yes, and you know, you know why I missed that that's one? Because cool. it was at the big house. 
Spartan Rose Bowl victory. Oh, that's right. Yeah. My big takeaway from that um, yeah, that that was not uh, that that was not stripped. By the way, that that Rose Bowl championship is going to stand. Yeah, not so, tainted. No asterisk. So is uh, so is this. By the way, yeah. What does that say? It says national champions. Walmart. What? Twenty twenty three. No, you're not a Walmart Wolverine. You're. I don't care if I was. You're the man. rarest of all. You're a you're a Columbus Wolverine. Yeah, Those are hard true. to come by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Sean, how was it out there? I'm still kind of yeah, more uh, obvious toss to Sean. So Sean, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm still, I still want to talk about the lines. I love the team. Of course. It's been a great year. Sunday was just, I can't fight. I, I'm not mad and I'm not sad. I don't know what the right, uh, you guys are writers. Tell me what the right adjective is. I'm glad I'm not a betting man. Cause I would have put a thousand dollars on him at halftime and then been even more upset to, that to they win or to lose to win. Oh, okay. Yeah. They were rolling. Yeah, but you know, in the NFL, you, nobody wins by that much. Yeah, I don't watch the NFL that much, which is also why I wanted to ask you guys: Is Debo Samuel's uh, a linebacker or a receiver? This guy's friggin' huge. He's everything. He's a receiver. He's a running back. I mean, I mean, the guy's a monster. He's he's a big fella. Dustin Sean. Yeah, he's 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 pretty good. Q I, Sean, uh, Sean, yeah. go. <laughs> Again, I'm not. I don't know if I can talk without starting to cough. Sorry. Really? Are you but that I'll bad? Try. What's wrong with you? What do you have now? Just this. It's the same stuff that just didn't completely go away, and then I started back on the road. It's just you know a lot of stuff's been going around, but when you're traveling and not sleeping and working all the time, it uh, it's just harder to shake. You're lowering our expectations with your expectorations. <laughs> oh, that's uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I was, I'll tell you this. The phlegmatic Sean uh, Windsor. You were way more energetic before we even started. What's going on with you? Uh, I don't feel well. Um, We got that. I got, uh, I got. uh, It's because we were talking about porn. Sean loves to talk about that. I was on a plane from Detroit to San Francisco on Friday afternoon. And we get up in the air, you know, get up to cruise, whatever. And there's a guy across the aisle, one row up. And he's reading the Detroit Free Press. And you don't see that that often these days, the actual printed paper. And I can tell that he's reading my column because he turns the page and I can see my name on the reef on the inside. And, uh, you know, whatever. So that was kind of it's like old school a little bit. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything or whatever. So four hours later, we land in San Francisco and we stand up and we're right next to each other. He's sheathed in lion's gear. And we're standing waiting for the door and whatever to get out. And I said, hey, so so we're, how good are your seats? Just, you know, because we're right next to each other. And he busts out in the grin and starts telling me where his seat is. Well, he's got a British accent. Oh, really? Yeah. And he asked me, well, where am I sitting? I tell him in a press box and work for a newspaper in Detroit, et cetera. Yeah. And, in uh, fact, the one you've and, been uh, reading on the plane, sir. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he thinks, when he speaks in the accent, it sort of triggers a little something. And then he tells me his name, and I thought, oh, shit. Because um, I told him my name, and he tells me his name. I'm like, oh, shit. I said, oh, Tim. His name is Tim Evans. Well, <laughs> I looked at him and said, I, I didn't, re- you sent me a really nice email about six weeks ago, and I never re- returned it. And uh, I am so sorry. He, uh, I, when the Lions played in Chicago, I went early. I went the the night, Saturday night, hung out downtown Chicago with a bunch of Lions fans, and then all through the tailgate Sunday morning, I wrote a piece about how Detroiters had taken over stadiums all fall. Right, we've talked about this, mm-hmm. and 
And he responded to that column and wrote me a really nice column, a lot of nice things to say. It turns out he is from London, grew up in London, but spent a couple of few years in Plymouth, I don't know, 20 years ago, and fell in love with the Lions hmm. and fell in love with the spirit of Detroit and the Lions. And so started coming to a Lions game one or two a year for a while. So he was coming from London to the NFC title game. And I just thought that was – and he was going to bring his son. I think his son was in the back of – Gareth. Mike, Mike, I thought, oh, Michael, like Gareth. But, uh, yeah, can, isn't, that, isn't that something, people coming from all over the place? Yeah, but I could, you know, I could see it going the other way, too. You know, there's a lot of people here that like English soccer. I could see going over there. No, well, and, he, and yeah. he talked about that. And so, so I said, hey, I'll come see. I'm going to come take a picture of you in the stadium. So before the game, I went and went out and slept and up across the other side of the stadium. You know how it is, fighting through those concourses. Did, and got, met, met him and his son and took a picture. And he was telling me that he's been all over Europe for World Cup, for Premier League games. He's been to lots of different big sporting events. And he's never seen anything like he did uh, two weeks ago. He went to the Stafford game. Oh, he did, yeah. Time. God, that, that was incredible, that game. He's, he said, I've been to a lot of amazing sporting events on the world stage, and I've never seen anything like that. I thought that was interesting. Did Tim tell you that um, he was written about by Dave Burkett in 2014? Was he? Yeah, when the Lions played, I just I would just Google them, and uh, Burkett wrote oh, did, about him in 2014. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. So, that, so maybe he was reading the free press to see a mention of himself instead of yeah, to read your he, column. Uh, so maybe he's an attention seeker, is what you're saying? No, I'm just saying he's got a history with the free press. So yeah, but you're you're, not, you're saying it's benign or no? No, it's, I don't I don't know what I'm saying, Sean. So I read that story, and you didn't write about the baseball hat guy. Who wrote about that? Oh, the the cap. It wasn't a baseball. It was a beanie, right? Or, or was it a baseball cap? I thought it was a baseball cap, but somebody else wrote about that. I was wondering, I wonder how they found out about this guy. Did they see him on a blog, or was there something on social media or something like that? But yeah, it sounds like you just said, hey, was, somebody write about this Irishman, guy. Right? Wasn't he an Irishman or no? Or was he, or was he English? This is your story, no, right? So I just was kind no, of no. This is a, no. This is a different story. You're talking about the free press did a story <laughs> a few days ago about somebody from England who, when it was a kid, there was a Detroiter over right. visiting and and just gave him a, a lion's hat. Yeah. Oh, that's a different story. That's a different story. So, are you guys going to write about any American fans of the Lions? Do you have about, any? Uh, I heard yeah, there's a lot did, of them all season. I did. I did I did when I went to Chicago. Then there was the story about the Australian couple who came over for right. I don't know. How also, they not American. It, but yeah, no, I know that. Huh. Um, so, are you guys only writing about fans of lions in countries where Star Wars and Hobbit movies have been filmed? I mean, could you do like Eight no, Mile? Fa- no, that's. You know, uh, I think that was New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken, Mister. Uh, you know. Supposed anglophile. It's all under the Southern Cross, brother. I hate that you don't have your camera on. I have no idea what you're doing. Over I just there. like it's the really pulsing S. I know, <laughs> but it's I'm, just, not, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Why won't you turn your camera on? What are you hiding? I'm not doing anything. I'm not hiding anything. That's what uh, Jeffrey Tubin said. <laughs> of course, he did have his yeah. camera on and somehow survived all that. What happened with that? That was weird. Sean? I don't know what. Man, Sean, Sean, you're at like seventy percent today. Is that what it is? Are you playing hurt? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, very. I don't know Jeffrey Tubin. So, <laughs> oh, for God's sake, 
familiar with a, All right. a former running back name of Orenthal James uh, Simpson? He and Mr. Tubin spent some time together in a courtroom, uh, famously. Him. I don't know him either. Ask Drew uh, or Charlie. And I don't know that much about that. football, and you don't know Orenthal or James. Mike, or ask, he lost ask his Mike, job. I'll tell you, he lost his job. He likes to have opinions about people they don't know. You're surrounded by people like that. He lost his job with, uh, was it the New Yorker magazine that the meeting was with, and then uh, retained yeah, his. Yeah, because he was masturbating on front of the camera or whatever. I don't know, right? Or so something. you do yeah, know it. Yes, you know what you're talking or, about. Uh, but I'm, or just exposed. I don't know Jeffrey Tubin. Under withering cross-examination, Sean. You, oh, speaking about. What do you need to know? Speaking about Sean's the, the rules. Sean's rules. We, we got we to gotta take a dog leg here and talk about Sean's rules. Please do. I listened to the Carlos and Sean podcast. Yes, that was me. And uh, <laughs> that one, yeah. And uh, there was this whole digression where Sean goes on about how uh, you know, Carlos, you're always telling people how to live their lives. I don't like to give people career advice. All I ever get from you is career advice. I was pounding the dashboard as I'm listening to this thing on the way home from hockey. I send Carlos a text. I said, "Oh." Oh, Mr. Windsor doesn't like to give people career advice all the time. And he's like, I know. That's all he does. I said, I know. I think you guys were talking about Harbaugh. And and I I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Sean, but I anticipated what Sean was going to come back with was only for people I know. So he'll only oh. compliment women who he knows. He'll only give career advice to people he knows. But who really knows anybody, Sean? Truly. Who really knows well, what's in I somebody guess, else's heart? I guess there's. Yeah, no, I'm not some person to sit up on a fucking ivory tower and, and, and dispense advice like that. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that's, well, that's you sat judgy, in this basement if, in a Noggahide chair and dispensed advice like that. Up, if certain people call me up, uh, one on the other end of this mic and the other one you texted, both of whom have called me up and said, hey, what do you think about this and should I do this and I'm going to leave if this doesn't happen or I'm going to take this or whatever, and you establish that, then Yes. So yes, I think I think that kind of opens the door when you uh, are not being genuine. I'm not talking about you, or you're trolling, or whatever, or you're trying to find your voice, and uh, that's that's totally different than at the role as a columnist. You're just going to sit there and throw grenades all the time. Look, I get it. Some people want that. That's not me. You know, it's not me for sit there and say, oh, Jim Harbaugh, you're making a huge mistake. I don't know Jim Harbaugh like that. What do you well, mean he's making a huge mistake? Yeah, How do you know? I'm not saying whether Carlos is right. I'm just saying I detected a, a hint of hypocrisy there in the podcast. There's no from, hypocrisy at all between people in your life that call you up or text you and ask what you think about their career and then going into a pod or a column or whatever and saying to a total stranger, oh, you're fucking your life up. Well, you know what? You know what's interesting, though, Sean, is that and, um, I'm kind of more like you. I feel like a little nuanced. I'll, I'll maybe throw an opinion out there a little stronger than you will but that's kind of been what's driving me nuts about sports radio and a lot of columnists and bloggers and stuff is that they'll say stuff like that when nobody knows nobody knows if it's a no, good move or not they don't. Shit. but you know if you did that though maybe uh the truth a little bit what's that not mike mike doesn't do that mike actually doesn't do that at all in his columns he's very level-headed but does that drive you nuts yeah, as wor working in that industry? Does that drive you well, nuts that those are the people that get attention, the ones that, um, you know, no, a little bit gas baggy? I mean, it's just the world. It's our politics. Everything works like that. Our politics work like that, right? Yeah, Oftentimes, and it drives me up a wall. Pardon me? It drives me up a wall. Yeah, but for every Jerry Seinfeld, there's an Andrew Dice Clay or whatever, right? I mean, it's just, 
it's the same dynamic. Well, here's you're my have a nuance, nuanced little observation comic over here, and then you're gonna have somebody over here. You know what I mean? Talking about yeah, but that's comedy. That's what? you know. What's the no, deal with just, sign stealings? Just, Why is everybody yeah, no. stealing signs? Is nobody stopping? Is nobody it's the worst, worst impersonation it's, of it's, it's, uh, it's, not, it's, it's not too bad, though. Yeah, they tried. I give them credit for trying. No, okay. but it, it is the same. You're, Mark, you're, you're absolutely right. No, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It's, it's the way bothers the world me. works. bothers me. Why does it bother you? Because you want you want because a different I, kind of discourse overall. Well, because I feel like, and maybe it's maybe it's from doing what we do. Uh, I feel like ninety percent of those people don't believe what they're saying, or they do and they're delusional, or they don't know. Hey, what who's they're judging saying. who now? And th- this is this is my huh. biggest problem. Is these days access to newsmakers is so restricted? I think there used to be times when. Uh, in politics, for sure, and I imagine in sports as well, where you could have candid conversations off the record with people. You could sit in the co- with the coach in their office and talk about something, where you could sit with a, an elected official or a public official and have a conversation about what's really going on. And so later, if you become a columnist and you want to write about something, you would have some... some informed opinion because you knew things that weren't in the public domain these these leaders now are so far removed from the public i don't know how they know what we care about i, except I think for there's polling. i think there's an illusion though that they're not because they can control the message with you know uh, social media they well, can get out whatever message they want to get out yeah they, they create this faux populism where they speak directly to you on twitter yeah. or something like that but for columnists you know, I, I mean, how many times have you, and you don't have to name who, Sean, but how many times, and when was the last time, you had a conversation with a major sports figure that was just like, just a bull session, where you're just kind of shooting a breeze? Does that happen anymore? Well, well, here and there occasionally, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, but it was a text, although uh, I had a phone conversation, yeah, maybe a few days before that, but yeah. So it, it it does happen occasionally, but you, it happens a lot a lot less than it used to. No question. Well, then I think it's hard to write about what someone really feels because you haven't even had an opportunity for them to tell you what they really feel, unless it's in no, a I mean, room full of people Mike where Ros- it's very carefully crafted. I think in most cases, Mike Rosenberg. Uh, Mike Rosenberg wrote a couple of columns about Harbaugh in the last couple of weeks. One saying he thought he wanted to stay for Sports Illustrated, former Detroit Free Press columnist. He thought he wanted to stay and um, that Harbaugh's preference. And then when, after he left, he wrote a column saying, you know, I kind of stand by my reporting that it was a preference. And he's, you know, been around that family. And I remember him writing about the two brothers for SI when they, I think, early in Harbaugh's tenure in Ann Arbor. But, or maybe it was still in San Francisco. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, you know, so, yeah, some people you have connections and it allows you to give an opinion based on, you know, I mean, you have to be a little bit careful sometimes because maybe somebody on one side of the family or one acquaintance or friend has a slightly different idea about that person that you're talking to than the other person, than somebody on the other side of the family. So, you know, you know this, Mike, right? You got to take that with a grain of salt a bit. But well, I don't and know. You I have like to be careful. You you're not out there. Yeah, you're not. It's funny because you're not judgy at all in your columns. I don't know about that. I think I said that the Attorney General sucked for not uh, beating the shit out of somebody uh, 
who deserved it when they said they were going to and that that she I should release like some records when she though. didn't and other just, and that some judges should be removed from the bench when they were just admonished so i i wouldn't say that but, that's but, a column to go for uh, for milk just, toast. you're laying out facts and they broke this whatever you're you're talking about stuff that's broken in the system well it's one to judge one thing to judge a person it's another to judge their work Exactly, and it's yeah. You're laying you're laying out things that that are kinks in the system, or sometimes a lot worse than a kink. And and you think this this needs to happen because this happened, and that's a fact. You're not saying uh, I don't like the way they sound, or I don't you know I'm worried about their character, whatever. You're not. Well, that's you know what I mean? that's true. There is a lot of there is a lot of evidence supporting what I'm arguing, or maybe maybe I see myself as coming to the only conclusion that a reasonable person could come to knowing that but but with sports you, you know it's just it's hard to get to these people and you mentioned Rosenberg by the way is, is Rosie okay with Sports Illustrated is he one of those guys oh, who's yeah. wondering I, 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 yeah he's he's as far as I know he's okay for now so, God, I I wish, mean, and that's what I almost that's wish they'd get rid of him so he could come back know? to the free press you know he's why really, to piss really Michigan good. fans yeah. off He's a Michigan man himself. I know, but Michigan fans are no fan of Rosenberg. That's because they're a bunch of babies. But but the the thing that Sean mentioned a minute ago that that really is important too, and and um, I think Mary Trump is is nice judging all Michigan a. fans by the way. I, I meant the, the royal you. Um, oh. The the um, now that you're crowned champions, but the. Um, the, the danger you do have is when people do talk to you. Look at it. You're not, you're not putting yourself on camera with that. You flashing the, the colors. No, they can see it. On it's, on, it's on the camera. I thought I was on the, and the, no, oh, looking I, oh, I'm the looking at the preview. Yeah. Oh boy. I've been scratching myself at the wrong times, but the, um, the, uh, uh, the danger you have is the people who will talk become, they have an outside influence because uh, outsized influence because they're willing to talk. And so people go to them. So, if you were only talking to members of the Trump family about Donald Trump and all you got was his niece, Mary Trump, you'd have a very different view of the Trump of family than you would if you got from Don Jr. and Lara and Eric and, you know, whoever else, um, uh, Ivanka. So, I'll, I'll, so, I'll bring so that is a danger. I'll bring it back to the Lions then. Were you in the locker room after the game? That's some professional broadcasting there. Screwed up by the co-host of the Carlos and Sean. Show. I was uh, briefly. So, yeah. what I, was the feeling? Was it shock or was it anger? They weren't angry. They they were really? just despondent. Despondent. I don't know if they were shocked. They were just yeah. Campbell looked like he'd been crying in the locker room, and they were just. Panay had was a little bit angry, right? He didn't he didn't want to say much. And Alex Anzalone was thoughtful, like he always is, and. Sat there for several scrums. Lee McNeil, who's also very thoughtful, the defensive tackle, he was good. But no, they were they were really they were gutted. Yeah, I don't know if they were angry. They were gutted. Did you see Reynolds or, or Gibbs? Did or, they seem or, like they were particularly uh, down, or were they being consoled? Or I did, did people I give didn't them space? Them. No, okay. I, I didn't see that because you know when you you got to make choices. You can stay and listen to Campbell, which you kind of want to do. Or you can go to the locker room, uh, or you can stay and listen to golf, or you can go to the locker room. Sometimes you can do both, but by the time you get to the locker room, you've missed. So, you know, depends on what your angle is, what you want to write, what you need to, who you need to talk to, that kind of thing. Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I listened to Campbell's uh, post-game press conference on the, on the Drew and Mike overreaction show, because as soon as uh, the onside kick was lined up, I switched over to Welcome to Wrexham. <laughs> but um, Campbell is 
got to be one of the most impressive people in all of sports. I mean, everything he said was right. He had the right tone. I mean, he was disappointed, but he was also encouraging and inspiring. And, and he's genuine. Yeah, it didn't feel like this was a guy giving me a bunch of coach speak. In exactly, fact, yeah. and I don't listen to a lot of his press conferences, but I, I haven't heard the kind of regular tripe come out of his mouth that I expect to hear from a coach at that level, or frankly, from most levels. It, it was he. You know, when you heard him, Sean, did he seem different from most of the coaches you've seen in those situations? Uh, I mean, he just has always been that way. And again, you want to he he was crushed. Kept his head down a lot, right? You know, and especially walked in, he didn't look up and out like he normally does. He was just crestfallen. And yeah, he, yeah, he, he didn't sound defeated bit, right? in that press and conference. The way he said, the way he said he was going to Hey, he understood some of the decisions he made were were gonna be up for scrutiny, and that's part of it. And I I thought just the the honesty, the the way he said he told his team, he said I was just you know I was in there and I told my team that hey that that might have been our shot, that might have been our only shot. He said now do I believe that? No, but he was trying to impress upon him that how, just how hard it is to do it and to get to that point. And, and he a won a Super Bowl with think, New oh, Orleans. They'll be, right? there, they'll be there again, and then they never get there again. But I thought that was interesting. He told us that he and he told his players, "Look, this might have been it. So what are we going to do?" Damn. Yeah. Hope he didn't tell the season so, ticket holders. He, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't believe it. He told them, "I don't believe that." But he was just trying to. It's the reality. He was just being real. He was being real with him. Is he one of your uh, favorite coaches to cover? Oh, by far. Yeah, who else? Who else is on that list? He's he's just the way he handles everybody. You know, two what? people ask a question at the same time. He he says, "Hey, okay, I'll start with you, and then I'll come over to you." And he knows everybody's names, whatever. He's just yeah, he's just he gets it. Who who else you know, is Jared on the Goff, Jared, Wait a second, Jared. Sorry, Jared Goff talks about Campbell's emotional intelligence. You can say whatever; it's become a cliche. I know it's a phrase we've heard a lot in the last several years, but it's true. Well, it, it's true. I mean, he's he's tough, right, and all that. But he no, he gets people. Well, he, he people, looks like a meathead. I think people stereotype him. He's as not such. a meathead. Holy crap! This no, guy is, he's he's one of the smarter coaches I've ever been around. To be honest, I mean, he understands. Well, you have no, been around just, Lions coaches for a long time. <laughs> people are people are a lot of Lions fans, and not a, maybe not a lot, but there's some folks out there that you know. You mentioned Carlos earlier, who think Ben Johnson's going to take the the trajectory of the franchise with him. And I, I'm like, no, th this is Campbell. Campbell's the one that sees everything. He's the one that proves everything. He he sees at a high, high strategic level. People don't think that, though, because they think he's a meathead. Well, who wrote the column that said, uh, we're going to trust the people to replace uh, the OC and the DC because they're the people who hired Me. the OC and the DC? You did? I thought that yeah. was a pretty smart column. Yeah, that was your most recent one, right? It might have been, yeah. Yeah. Did, did you write that after talking yeah. to somebody from Scotland? No, no. Wearing a lion's well, tartan. Well, you, you're, you're from Scotland. <laughs> Very indirectly. Well, before we move on, I want you to answer the questions. I, I want to know some of the more enjoyable coaches you've covered. And I won't say worst. I'll say uh, who are some of the more difficult coaches to cover? Enjoyable. Sometimes the most enjoyable ones were also occasionally difficult, right? That's kind of how Oh, what a Sean answer. No, but it's true. Like uh, Stan Van Gundy was really fun to cover because yeah. he was smart and engaging, and you know he had he a personality too. 
You know, he knew he things did, outside no, he of did, basketball. And he really didn't get. He could get. He could get opinionated for sure and go off a little bit, but he wasn't really prickly. Um, enjoyable to cover. John Beeline went from not wanting to do anything to do with the media when he first got to Michigan, uh, Ann Arbor from West Virginia, where he had really hadn't had to deal with reporters much at all. You know, you know, in that market, and I want to say Morgantown, to somebody you could just walk into his office and and shoot hoops, and he'd pull his little board out and move the pieces around. It was just, he was great. Every time you'd see him, he'd light up. I mean, the transformation there, uh, and, and he was just really smart and fun. But um, I don't know. If the top of the list, I mean, come on, Jim Leland, one of the yeah. best storytellers you'll ever be around. All right, give me, he, give me some difficult people. Unpre- it, but he was unpredictable, so you didn't know sometimes you'd go in there and he could be a real shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, okay. Okay. So, as my mother would say, a little shit, you know, <laughs> you know, but sometimes, but there was usually a method behind it. He had usually had an agenda behind being prickly. How was, uh, how I was like, say, uh, Jim Schwartz? I wasn't around him as much. Okay. Uh, a lot of people thought he liked himself a lot. I mean, Tom Izzo is probably the gold standard just in terms of access and telling you what he thinks. And, you know, he doesn't sugarcoat a whole lot. Uh, and he'll sit and talk to you off the record for 40, ask any reporter. For forty-five minutes. How know. how about uh, so, Matt Matt Patricia? Uh, d- d- no, no. I would think that no, uh, what, no comment or no. No, I didn't. Uh, wasn't a fan of his necessarily. Yeah, yeah it didn't you seem like anybody what, was. I would think that I mean, Izzo Lloyd, Car- Lloyd, Lloyd Carr. Sorry, Mike. Lloyd Carr is another one who was fabulous to cover. On the record or off prickly, the record? Prickly, both. Prickly okay. a little bit, but but. Uh, it's just a thoroughly interesting, curious uh, human being who was was had a sneaky sense of humor. Yeah, I would have thought that Izzo and Leland would be the last of the coaches where you could really sit in the office with them and just you know shoot the breeze. Yeah, there are not many like that left. Yeah. Do you when find Izzo that, goes? It'll be you can't do that with Jawan. You know, well, you might get punched. Do you do you find <laughs> that with uh, with different sports that the coaches are more accessible? Or is it is it more of a coach yeah. by coach basis? I mean, yes, a little bit, but everything has changed. Like uh, AJ Hinch is is smart and gives really good answers, but you don't sit there and BS with him for a while. I mean, maybe some people do that are around more. You know, I remember. I mean, I like I like uh, Lalonde at um, yeah the Derek wings Lalonde for the for the wings. But you know, I think back to the days when the who the general manager is in Edmonton now. Ken Holland. Ken Holland. You could go sit. You could go sit in his office and talk for half an hour. Okay. You know, I I wonder if some of it is is our fault because the way the sports department used to work is you had a you had the primary beat writer, then you had a backup person, and you covered that sport, and then you might you wouldn't put in for overtime, but you'd take three months off, and now everybody covers. One sport year round. There's no backup. The ability to spend time hanging around, at least for columnists, with different teams has got to be reduced dramatically because there's so many fewer people on the job. I mean, how much is this ability to interact with people on a more less deadline uh, driven, a more um, slower pace level? Uh, because of changes in our business as opposed to changes in their business. What, what do you think, Sean? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's both. I mean, yeah, we don't have the same resources, no question. And it's become a grind because in part of those lack of resources, but also because uh, 
Yeah, the technolo technological changes that have happened. Social media, for example, you, you know, reporters didn't reporters didn't used to have to worry every minute of every day about getting peed or what's getting or what's mm -hmm. broken. Teams also make a lot more news now. They make their own news. A lot of teams have their own reporters. Yeah, and Mike O'Hara went from the, the news to the Lions. Yeah. I mean, that's... Well, that's such a great thing. Tim Twentyman, same thing. So Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. So so that that's all changed. And so much, it's just much more adversarial in general. Hmm. There's so much more There's so much more money. It's not bad necessarily. It's just there's, there's so much more money at stake, especially with players, especially in uh, football and, you know, I mean, baseball, NBA, I mean, even hockey, but... So they're, they're like little companies. So in companies these days all are run by, not run by, but they have PR PR folks and brand management and all that. And players are the same way and to some degree teams. So there's a natural tension a lot more than there used to be because there's so much more money at stake. Okay. Well, well speaking of uh, money and, and shooting the shit, somebody you can sit down and shoot the shit with uh, regarding your money is uh, Luke Nowacki. And oh, Zach. How's that for Don't a segue? Zach. Zach's got your back. That's right. Both Luke and Zach at Pinnacle Wealth. Uh, give him a call. Shoot the shit with them about your money, about your resources, and uh, where you want to put that money so it grows for you. So when you get old, that money is actually worth more than it is just sitting in a shoebox. So once again, it's Luke Nowacki and Zach at Pinnacle Wealth. You can give him a call at 248 663-4748. That's 248-663-4748. Because when you call Luke and Zach, they'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Bonaic Wealth. Sync member FINRA SIPC Bonaic Wealth. Sync is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent Bonaic Wealth. Inc. Is there anybody else you want to tell us about? Uh, well, I, I got to tell you about my experience with LASIK. It's been 15 years since I got LASIK done, and I have amazing 2020 far vision that means that when i look out i see i see things better than you Ooh, yeah i'm sorry it's better than Show perfect off. well you know i don't like to brag but the facts are the facts <laughs> as sean says it's not really my opinion it's 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 very facts, well yeah. researched yeah. and rub it in. Jeez. and if but here's the difference that would be between, like me rubbing in the shirt that i'm wearing for you today the uh hang on right, this shirt yeah, yeah. What does it say? National? Where's the, uh, are they going to charge you for the asterisk later? No asterisk needed. No asterisk. Oh, wow. That's, there you go. My goodness. Tell me more about your fantastic this, this may not age well, um, but unlike my column, which only, only I can do, Dr. Yaldo <laughs> can give anybody listening to us 2015 Far Vision with custom LASIK. Now, here's the problem is once you have uh, reached a certain age, a certain standing, a certain maturity level, like me in my... 56 here your near vision starts to go that's not because of uh because of the lasik it's because you need more light your eyes you know they grow and change like everything else it's natural but we start to rely on reading gra glasses you see me on the show with glasses those are bifocals i don't need any prescription for the far distance but for up close i do need some help unless there's a lot of light and this can be really frustrating the great news is that Dr. Yaldo is the perfect answer for you. Those are bifocal implants. These lenses are a revelation. Precise vision up close and far away that won't change for the rest of your life, which I wish I had done that. But uh, you want to wait until you're at a certain point, and I'm at that point, so I'm thinking about it. You'll see the small stuff on your phone again, and for the rest of your life, no new prescription, no more glasses, no contacts, and no reading glasses. You can throw all of them right in the garbage. <laughs> Take it from a piece of garbage. That's where you want to put them. 
This is life-changing stuff, folks. You can get a free evaluation and let Dr. Yaldo himself explain it, demonstrate it, and in 2024 and for the rest of your life, you'll see more clearly than you ever have before. So if you go see Dr. Yaldo, make sure you tell him that ML sent you. You can call him at 1-800-308-EYES or YaldoEyeCenter.com. And of course, we'll have a link to Luke and Dr. Yaldo and Zot Ford on our website because Zot Ford is a longtime sponsor, one of our early sponsors that after a long hiatus has come back. Those are our good friends at Zot Ford and Holly. They're on the podcast and ready to make automotive magic for every one of you out there listening and the few of you who are watching. That's where I got my Explorer from. Love that car. Very simple, too. It's a sweet ride. So that's because Steve Gabara and the gang at Zot Ford take pride in making buying and leasing simple, fun, fast, easy, and most importantly, affordable. Speaking of affordable? Affordable? Affordable. F-O-R-D. Jesus Christ. Although around here you'd say affordable, right? Because you work at Ford's. <laughs> Go lease a new 2023 Ford Escape or 2024 Ford Edge under 200 bucks a month. That's just two C notes. How about leasing a new 2023 Ford Bronco Sport Explorer F-150 Super Cab for around $300 a month? Plus, that Ford has zero interest financing and rebates and you can put up to 10 thousand dollars in your pocket to top it off gabara bought like i don't know 100 boxes of girl scout cookies yeah. from fellhauer's daughter charlotte be getting them soon co-host of the charlotte and dad podcast how many did you buy uh after the show oh man that's three weeks in a row i keep but you, you never send me the link i'm gonna you're, you're mazzing me yeah you're mazzing me i'm nice ready to buy you just need to return my else. call Mark, you know, you may run into Mark. Tell at, me about that wonderful man, Gabar, and what he did. Dropping yeah. off a, a shitload of these cookies. <laughs> and by shitload, that's not one of the new flavors. That's, uh, <laughs> that's Actually, it's a gluten-free one. Um, but yeah, they, they, you can get him, uh, you can get some of those delicious cookies at Zot Ford and Holly when you get your new wheels. <laughs> ah, yes, go get those wheels and those cookies. Two sweet deals. See details and their delicious inventory at dealsinthed.com. That's deals. In the D.com, and of course, when you see Gabara, tell them ML City. Hey, what's up? Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? I debated whether to make American politics this week's Geek of the Week. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because Joe Biden has finally decided he's going to take some action on border security. This is something even Democrats have been clamoring for. And finally, President Biden says, okay, okay, I'm going to do some stuff I didn't want to do. I'm going to take some action on border security. Okay, so that sounds like, you know, progress, right? Because now finally Republicans and Democrats are going to get something they both want. Okay, that's, that's cool. Well, now Trump, who's been talking about border security, for years. Remember this whole wall thing he started talking about back yeah, in 2015, 2016? Now he's telling Senate Republicans, don't, no, don't, don't make a deal. Don't make a deal because if you make a deal, it's going to look good for Biden. So I don't want you to make a deal. And when people say the only reason you didn't make a deal is because of Trump, you tell them, yeah, I didn't make the deal because of Trump. So, so what we have here is we have one man, Biden. And then Biden's also saying, he's like, I, I can't, there's nothing I can do because of laws. Yeah, so you got Biden... Which is passing it back on to Congress. Who doesn't want to do it, is going to do it. Yeah. Trump, who wants to do it, now doesn't want to do it. Until it, he's... Yeah. Yeah, so... It's he, not really about governing. He, yeah, I mean, either it's either one just, of them. You know, Biden's my winning. geek of the week. Trump's my geek of the week. But I guess it's just our system where 
it's more about doing what's best for you than what's doing what's best for us. Of course. That is a problem. So Joe Biden and Donald Trump, because everybody knows who you are, and because we're going to be stuck with one of you for at least another five years, four years, whatever, you're my Geeks of the Week. As you know, our resolution in 2024 was to open up Room 7609, not just to new wave deep cuts and obscure bands that really deserve a little more fame than they got back in the day, but to your favorite tracks that haven't gotten the attention that they deserved. And Joe took us up on this offer, and we tell you, we want not just a great nomination for a song, but we want a story. And Joe says... I'm picking Handsprings by the White Stripes. I always thought it was some unreleased track since I found it way back in the Nabster Bear Share days of the internet. <laughs> but it was actually a bonus track on the Japanese release of White Blood Cells along with Jolene. I don't really have a story on the band or the song, but I have my own personal story. Two buddies of mine, and here's why going to Casey Caseman. Two buddies of mine, and I decided to take a road trip to see the white. Okay, that was bad. Play at St. Louis in 20, 2005. It was an eight hour drive and pretty boring since you're just driving across Indiana and Illinois. Bullshit. We left at about three or four in the morning Eastern time and got there about 12 Central time. We were only 19 at the time, so we just bummed around the city until the concert, went up to the arch, etc. The concert got out about 11 p.m. Central Time, and we immediately drove back to Michigan because my two buddies had to move into their dorm the next day. Good golly, Miss Molly. Big fans. <laughs> two! Two! Um, we had it set up for shifts for the drive back. One person drives, one person stays awake in the passenger seat, one person sleeps in the back, and we were supposed to switch every three hours. Yeah, that always works out. Needless to say, it was a horrible decision to drive immediately back. I had the first <laughs> driving shift out of St. Louis and was practically falling suck. asleep by yeah. the end of it. Well, that's bad until he gets in the passenger seat for the last shift. I'm struggling to stay awake. And then about 40 minutes into this shift, I notice the car starting to drift to the left shoulder of the highway. Uh oh. I look over and my buddy is asleep at the oh, wheel. Oh, no. So what the I, fuck is that? <laughs> ponderous, man. Yeah. Ponderous. What is it? Fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous. Fucking ponderous. <laughs> I yell and wake him up and ask him if I need to take over driving, which he said, yes. So oh, I had to drive man. pretty much all of his shift. Oh. And that asshole immediately fell asleep when he got in the passenger <laughs> seat. Actually, he fell asleep when he was in the driver's seat, so this is kind of to be expected. I was wide awake the whole way back after that scare. Lesson learned oh. that day. Always stay overnight for your trips. Oh, it's a great story till he ends it. Go blue. Oh, wow. See, I didn't stay overnight in Indianapolis, though. We drove back right away the last two years after the Big Ten Championship. In case you didn't know, Michigan, three times. When Ben Schmidt and I drove back from the <laughs> Basketball National Championship from Indianapolis, we had the same deal, except it's I great. started falling asleep. I know. And he said, uh, do you need me to drive? He said, dude, I need you to drive. And he, he, he was a rock star. He got us home. And I was like, sorry, man. He's like, whatever. Yeah. It happens. I know. It happens. So, uh, so thanks, Joe. You get the idea of Room 7609. This is what we're looking for. So here's the White Stripes 
with handsprings. I took my girl to go bowling downtown at the Red Door. After an argument I started because I thought she didn't like me anymore. I can't help it, sometimes I feel pitiful. And of course she's so young and beautiful. She went to the vending machine to buy a candy cane But right next to that was a boy I knew with a spring in his hand Playing a country pinball machine called Stand By Your Man I saw him talk to her but I stayed in my lane and played my game steady And was thinking of a day when I'd be too old to throw a ball this heavy solo stuff better than the white stripes too uh, to me it's like it, it's everybody's gonna cringe when i say this but it's like morrissey and the smiths you can't go wrong oh, or johnny marr now i don't think jack white would cringe if i said he's like johnny marr hey speaking of morrissey did you see they were playing that at a trump rally <laughs> the smiths they were playing the smiths at a trump rally but... yes and johnny marr tweeted about it he, oh, said, he did of course yeah, of he course was... he did well because david cameron the conservative prime minister of england was a big smiths fan and, and johnny marr is like Please kind of don't, point, right? don't use my stuff anymore. So I was like, well, if you were pissed off about David Cameron, how I, you feeling about Donald Trump? I don't think they have a say in it, though. I think it has to do with, um, you know, the arena or wherever it's at has the license to play what they want to play. I imagine as long as you pay the residuals, you know, there, there you go. It's, I think it's all in the public domain, right? You can't tell mm-hmm. a radio station not to play your shit. And Bruce Springsteen, didn't he always say, I don't want George Bush to play yeah. my stuff? Yeah. Lee Greenwood's like, no, keep it coming. It happens all the time. Yeah. 
Uh, but that's what song. was the name of that song? Oh, whoa, Sean is still with us. Handspring. Yeah. It's kind of it's and, kind of uh Jack like White does Jay Giles. Yes. H A N D Springs, plural. Hands springs. springs. Yeah, that was a that was cool. I like that. You know it's even better than that because I was reading about it. So it was released as a single. Um and I think it it came with uh, let's see where is it at uh, only two thousand copies were pressed and included free with the pinball fanzine multiball so there is a magazine for pinball <laughs> aficionados and they gave a little bonus track and that was on it but the flip side of it is a song by the Dirt Bombs called Cedar Point seventy six so I I don't know why I was immediately kind of interested in that and that song is really really good man. And I think it, I think the B side by the Dirt Bombs is better than the A side with the White Stripes. That fuzzy guitar, man, I love that. Tessa's got hand claps in it. I just thought that was a really cool song, so maybe we'll have to dig up the dirt bombs for. Uh, I don't know if there's any band that takes me to a certain place and time more than the Dirt Bombs. It's like the they, Smiths. Well, that takes you to every date and time. Yeah, no, they, they're they're a band for all seasons. But I mean, the the the, the Dirt Bombs just have they just have this sound where I know exactly where they are. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, I'm just like, oh, okay, you know, this is. This is like a really groovy spot, you know, and the, and, the, and the guys are all wearing Ray-Bans and the chicks are grooving and they're wearing shag coats and it's just a really, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a transformative listening experience. Just good music, man. Yeah, and Ben Blackwell, of course, is the, oh, that's uh, right. yeah. the nephew of Jack White and runs Third Man Records for Jack. If you, if you like any of this stuff, I'm sure you can find it all at Third Man's on, on Cast in the Cast Corridor. As Ben will tell you, he's not buying that midtown bougie bullshit. It's the cast quarter, yo. So, uh, so yeah, dirt bombs are great. Uh, last time I saw them was at the Magic Stick on New Year's Eve, and of course they they brought the house down as they always do. So hopefully they'll be back again soon. Um, this is when we thank our donors. Okay, that was over. Um, we did not have any donors this week. Remember, you're still free to donate, even if you don't sign up for our Patreon, which is a, a monthly way to support the show. But if you do want to support the show, here's how the Patreon deal works. For five bucks a month, that's the please, please let us get what we want level, you'll get an ad-free version of the show, which means you won't get the insertion ads. And you'll get the video of this show, so you can watch us. That's pretty which good today, for five bucks today a month. Today is so worth it just to see Sean. Yes, is a pulsing S. Um, right, Sean? Right, Mark. <laughs> and I will say, I think Mark and I are you both are, having good are, hair days, so you, you want to catch that. That's right. You were with us early on when you were um, interested in the person shoveling outside. Oh, yeah, but then I started coughing. And, yeah. yeah, it looked like Martin Van Sorry, Buren with a respiratory infection. Just giving you... <laughs> <laughs> well, a great presence, and if you remember your Seinfeld, the very dangerous game. The eighth president, yeah, the Van Buren boys. Back when I—that's how they did when I was rolling. Um, for fifteen dollars a month, which is the big mouth strikes again level, you'll get the ad-free show, you'll get video, and you'll also get the bonus episode. Our first bonus episode has been cut and will post at the end of the month, which is coming up mm -hmm. so if you get in for $15 a month you will get that bonus episode this month 
And every month, and it's going to be different every month, we're going to change it up. I think one month we'll talk about our favorite TV shows, another month we'll talk about People some crazy Sean hates. Michigan news. Oh, well, it's, I don't know if we, that's going to be like an all day affair. He says he, says he doesn't hate anyone, right, Sean? Yep. Yeah, okay, there we go. So, um, no, I, no, I don't. No, I don't. Sorry, I was on mute again. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. For $25 a month, that's the work as a four-letter word level. You will get everything that we mentioned before and an autographed copy of the Kwame Sutra Musings on Lust, Life, and Leadership from Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick. And One of if, you guys maybe could give me a glass of water? Yeah, I'm on it. I'm bringing it over to you right now. Oh, oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, Why don't you just scoop up some of that yellow snow? It's, uh, it's lemonade. <laughs> um, <laughs> If you're a handsome devil for $60 a month, you'll get all of the swag that we talked about, all the great ad-free episodes, the bonus episode, the video, and a special T-shirt or a sweatshirt or a long sleeve shirt. This is to be determined, but it's only going to be for our handsome devil supporters. That's an exclusive level. And if you really want to blow it out, there's a you name it, you name your price sponsorship level. I'm thinking maybe you want to do 100 bucks a month or so. You can come join us in the studio. So, Ooh, uh, look at that. That's all at Patreon. We'll have a link to Patreon Sean on should our buy website. It. Well, he, sure. Yeah, he's, he's coming in uh, loud and clear. Um, and you can see, you know, I mean, you can, I, I guarantee you the hair on the back of your neck will be standing up with the energy just uh, <laughs> pouring off of uh, Mr. Mr. Windsor. Once he fully recovers yeah. from being the free press's road warrior, he left it out on the field, out on the tarmac and out at the airport because they delayed his flight, but he did make it back and is uh, recovered enough to be with us uh, in spirit, if not how in much mind. snow's over there, by the way? A ton. I mean, there's like two inches already. I don't know. I just got a text that it's still snowing like crazy. Yeah, we we got close to six. I was surprised. Really? Maybe, How'd maybe, you measure it? Maybe five. Maybe maybe it looks like five. Well, up there in the mountains, yeah. I mean, you know, by your chalet, yeah. your writing chalet, chalet Windsor. Yeah. Or as they say, yeah, uh, as like, they say in Ann Arbor, chalet. Where I eat uh, fondue. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I, my I, goodness, I, I've had fondue. I haven't had fondue since uh, who knows when. Oh, I should come over on New Year's. That's our uh, New Year's Eve celebration that your every thing? year. Make yep. some fondue. That's nice. It's our little tradition, That's I guess. Good. I don't know why. It just is. Well, as all those, no, uh, I, I like that. As all those foreigners you've been talking to about the lions would say, <laughs> you can't have a fondue oh, without fondue, mate. No? Yeah, well, I don't have a fondue oh, at all. I don't awful. have a do because I have no hair. That was awful. That was almost as bad as what ML said. We've we've been here too long, and uh, we've run out of things yeah. to say, which means yeah, we no no it's uh, no it's time to it's time to go. Well, we we passed the bas <laughs> but all right. See you later. <laughs> we passed the baton to our listeners, who always have something interesting to say. Sean, uh, why don't you oh. get us started so you can get out of here? <laughs> uh, this is from Steve. Is this from Steve. This is from Steve. This is from Steve. What? Just heard your podcast or as they call him in England, Steve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Esteban. Uh, fine. Go ahead. Yeah. You get. You gonna. You gonna stop or no? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Steve uh, again from Steve. Just heard your podcast from a couple of weeks ago. Depending on the time frame, and I suppose regional area. Generally speaking, beans refer to MDA or MDMA, which is ecstasy. Hmm. They were usually larger wafers, like you described in the eighties, nineties. But in the two thousands, they were usually a smaller pill. 
Not so much a psychedelic, but rather a serotonin uptake inhibitor. Huh. Although you do feel like, although you do feel like you're tripping. So, really, so the effect, the effect of a psychedelic. So it's hard to say for sure, but if it was a wafer in the 80s or 90s and referred to as a bean, it was very likely ecstasy. Please tell Teresa that Steve Mortlock said hello, although I highly doubt she remembers me from the 80s, probably because she was taking too many beans. I knew her through hey, hey, Jennifer fella. Maxwell after I was done at MSU, actually. Huh. Okay, Steve. So uh, Thank stay, you, Steve. Stay away from my woman. Have all the beans you <laughs> oh, want. Oh, yeah, because that's what he was doing. Jenny's single if you want to give her a call. Steve, but, to me, just kind of seems like the name of somebody who has absolutely nothing going on in their life. But very well versed in the pharmaceuticals. So, yeah, I know. Uh, I kind of like the guy. I'll hang out with him. And, uh, you know, I don't want to cast aspersions, but it does seem like Sean's serotonin is a little inhibited today. So maybe. I know he needs some of those beans. Maybe He's had out a, of beans. Had a breakfast bean burrito out there in Ann Arbor. It's... Right, Sean? <sighs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was somebody yeah, really shoveling think? snow earlier what in the we, show, or was he just hallucinating? Guys, is it really even snowing? Was there? that a dragon shoveling the snow? Was he melting it with his uh, with his fire? Whatever you guys think, there there was there's nobody out there now, so maybe it was a mirage. I don't know. <laughs> don't act it like you don't like know the about drugs. You uh, do <laughs> in Fargo, you know, with the with the big remember right. far, the Fargo guy shoveling at the end of the driveway. Yes, who, who tells him about the funny looking fella out at the lake? Yeah, yeah. That, that, all right, you're, you're free to go. You need some rest. Like With the wood chipper. Yeah. I, I would tell you, get caught up on your sleep, but you seem to have done pretty well over the last hour um, without our advice. Oh, yeah. I wish I could have been sleeping. That would have been nice. But then I would have missed <laughs> you all and, you know, would have been sad. Is it really Especially Mark. I went, okay. So have a good day. I'm going to read the, the, the next feedback. Hey, dude. As, right. as someone who drove a Zamboni at the Yak for a decade, I can confirm all of us use the snow pit as a urinal at times. This is referring to Al Sabatka, who got let go by the Red Wings for peeing in the uh, in the snow pit. So this guy's saying, hey, where he worked with the Zamboni, they peed in the urinal all the time. It's a giant tank with fresh hot water flowing into, plus ice shavings, seemingly harmless. Uh, I have to believe there's more to this story. That said, please don't use my name on the show. Did I say his name in the beginning? You did not. Okay. You did not. Of course, his, his name is Steve the Bean Man. That's right, yeah. Also pisses on anything he can find. Thank you, Steve. From, keep him away from Jenny. I feel like there's so much more to the Sabatka story that we just don't know. And the, the last article was really, you know, from um, Al and his lawyer's perspective. Some, well, pretty good, some pretty good evidence there, though. And then, once again, the, the still picture is what blew my mind. I mean, that, that guy would be so upset that... Al Sabaka was urinating seemingly pretty far away from him. Yeah, well, the other thing is he saw him through a door, and this yeah. was not a public area, and it wasn't during, you know, like high really? traffic time. I mean, as I said really last weird. week, anybody who's ever been in a locker room, particularly a hockey locker room, knows that urine rarely goes into a urinal or a toilet. That's yeah. unfortunate, but this is just kind of how it goes. And as our listener says, an experienced Zamboni driver, hey, you got to go. You piss in the snow. What the hell? I mean, as long as nobody's not making, you know. I, I, the other thing, too, is it really seems like a one strike and you're out. One strike over, what, 59 years for yeah. a guy who skipped family events? Yeah. To, you know, so the story was, um, did share Al's perspective and his attorney, Deb mm -hmm. Gordon's perspective, but it was based on depositions that were given by all parties under oath. So this is one of those rare occasions when there's a lawsuit where you can hear what the other side has to say because they've said okay. it under oath. And in, in theory, 
it's more credible because they didn't just take a chance of lying to a reporter, which sadly is still that. not okay. a crime. Good. Thank you for Yeah. It's sworn testimony where if they do lie, they can face perjury and obstruction of justice charges. Get the bell ready like Crummy Kilpatrick and Christine Beattie. So I have one last piece of feedback, which is a little cryptic. And perhaps Daniel's referring to something in the news that I'm just not picking up on. He says, ML, in your opinion, does 18 months of court delays between pleading and sentencing seem excessive? This is a federal case. Um, on the face of it, I would say yes. But generally what it means is that whoever pled may be cooperating yeah. and they're not going to get sentenced until the rest of the, the big kahuna gets their day in court because the sentence may be dependent on the value of their cooperation. So typically in a case like this where there is a lengthy delay, it usually means to me a couple things. One, perhaps the person is sick, and so they're getting some sort of medical treatment. Two, there may be some really extenuating circumstances of which I can't think of offhand. And three, they help the feds, and so they're expecting a break on their sentence and the feds aren't going to be able to argue for how much of a break they should get until they find out from the resolution of other matters how helpful that cooperation was. So, yeah, if it's one defendant alone in the singular case, kind of weird. If it's, um, if it's part of a bigger thing, not that extraordinary. In fact, there's a very prominent... Uh, uh, lawyer in Detroit who's been in a lot of headlines for potential wrongdoing where people who are supposedly a part of that scheme have been convicted and pleaded guilty to cases uh, that they've been waiting for two, three, four years to find out what their sentence is going to be because that case has not resolved yet. Hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know if that helps, but with the information at my disposal, that's, that's all I got for you, brother. Oh, two really smart answers in a row. Thank you. Well, you and Sean. Yeah. Right at the end of the show. Way to save it for the end. And I throw in the... A little bit of breaking news, too, that just Oh, happened. hey, whoa. And, of course, Sean's already Steve gone. Steve and Teresa getting back together? That son of a bitch. <laughs> wow, and a funny joke. Look at you. I should have a The show's worried. too long. Maybe we should just cut off the front and start it here. Uh, no, Ben Johnson is coming back to the Lions, so all that uh, worrying. Carlos! Like Carlos is, is rendered moot. Carlos is uh, Carlos is like the shitty Karnak. You know, he's like, <laughs> uh, two offensive I, coordinators, I, I, a, uh, a job in Washington, and the Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, let's open the envelope. It's like, oh, that's not what I expected to be in there. In his defense, I mean, it was pretty heavily reported that he was going, going to go to Washington, so... I don't know. I guess that's good having him back, right? Does Daniel Snyder back? still own Washington? No, okay. no, no, no. They forced him to get rid of Magic Johnson owns part of it, right? Oh, well, then that might be a job you yeah. want these days. I wouldn't want to work for Dan Snyder, so I God no. I couldn't blame him for not taking that gig. But there's still a lot of openings in the NFL. Maybe is is Johnson definitely coming back to the Lions or uh, he may be a candidate elsewhere. He, he informed the Seahawks and the commanders that he's staying in Detroit per sources is reported by um Boy, I hope I'm not being duped by the internet here. Tom Palacero, who I don't even know who that is. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, you know, he's with uh, the Insiders, the NFL Network. Oh, okay. What it looks like. Right. So. Well, if Adam Schechter, who works for the NFL, tells us that, then I guess it's true, right? Isn't he the, isn't he the guy who gets his Jeffy marching orders? From agents? Yeah, and yeah. from Mr. Editor, or yeah. whatever. He wrote that email to one of his sources. I mean, uh, Woody, I'm going to put the blame on Woody because he retweeted it. So Woody, Woody Woodruff? Yeah. Oh, well, shit, then. That's solid, man. Woody's, 
Smith's a man. Pro football focus, too. Only so. guy who likes the Smiths more than me. Yeah, there you go. I go see the Smiths United, and he's in the front row. I feel like, boy, I'm, I'm kind of not showing out for the guys. <laughs> Woody's there, man. Um, before we jump, what do you think about this Harbaugh thing, Harbaugh leaving? Are you heartbroken? Uh, well, Are you happy? Am I, am I heartbroken? You... No, no, not at all. Um, Are you relieved? Well, I'll say, I'll say uh, a little bit, a little bit. Um, Boy, do we have enough time? I feel like I'm going to give an ML answer. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit as surprised. As well told. And I'm, I'm surprised, and I'm mad at myself for being surprised because it's painfully obvious that this was his intention the whole time. If he could get back into the NFL after rebuilding Michigan, he would. I mean, look how much he flirted with um, Carolina. Why are you making that face? Carolina and Minnesota. It's clear he wants yeah, to Yeah, because be who's NFL. been surprised? This is the third year in a I, row. I was surprised. I thought it was a little. Really? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a little bit of wanting to be wanted, wanting to create a little. Um, you know, leverage with the university. That being said, you know, the university finally uh, gave in to one of his contractual demands in the 11th hour, which, if that's the case, I don't know why he wouldn't just give in early on to lock it down. Uh, but I think it, I don't think it would have mattered. I think he was, he was just gone if the Chargers wanted him, and they did. That being said, losing Jesse Minter hurts, the defensive coordinator. Um, losing Ben Herbert, the strength and conditioning coordinator, hurts probably the second most behind Harbaugh because that's the guy players spend most of their time with, the strength and conditioning guy. I mean, that's a personality-driven thing, and everybody loves him, so that that really sucks. And they're going to lose Jay Harbaugh, of course, because he's going with daddy, and it sounds like Mike Hart's gone. So college football, a lot of it is continuity. You know, you don't want this attrition. You want people to come back. Um, so I don't know. They've already hired Ben Herbert's assistant here to be the lead guy, so – I think the structure is pretty well set in Ann Arbor, so I'm not mad at Harbaugh for leaving. I'm glad he's doing what he wants to do, and you know that's a lot. I don't know why people would be mad at him. Yeah, I mean, this guy mission accomplished, right? He said he was going to do this, and he did it, and he took a lot of heat along the way. And to my mind, he did some shitty shit along the way too. But uh, but hey, he, he was fun. You got to admit, he was fun. No, not a fan. Oh, glad, glad to see him gone. And but, I know, he, uh, got, he got me this new shirt. So, oh yeah, I like that. It's nice. It's uh, yellow armpits too, huh? That's cool. Is that? Did they come with those? But or is it Mace? Uh, no. But um, no, I mean, this is this is a guy who climbs a mountain and then looks for a higher mountain. So anybody who's surprised that he's leaving has been delusional. Do you think, do you think it's? Mind. Do you think it's easier to win a Super Bowl or a national championship? I mean, I think they're both impossible. I, I don't know how anybody can expect to do either one. So I think you pick the place that matters the most to you or you pick the goal that matters the most to you and you go after it. Um, to him, I think it's just all about winning. It's all about being the best. I, yeah. You know, as I'm, as much as he seems to love his dad, it seems like maybe he didn't feel like daddy loved him enough, but uh, that's okay. He's always got to prove something. He's like, oh, now I can sit at the table because I dad had a championship at Western maybe. Kentucky and John kicked my ass. And now I, I think the guy is just ultra competitive in every aspect of his life. Of course, to, to succeed fine. at that level, you, you have, have to, to be, be yeah. you have to be, yeah. you know, have the blinders on. And, and I don't know. I, I'm kind of rooting for him in a way. I hope, I hope he does well with the Chargers. I really do. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing the Lions beat up on him, but. Doesn't, in the doesn't, Super Bowl doesn't shock me. You're not mad that he's taken some of the best parts of I, the, well, yeah, that's that's the, the, the cupboard bear. That's what I was saying. No, I don't think the cupboard's bear, but I think that's the biggest disappointment. And in regarding uh, but anybody who didn't think that was happening hasn't been paying attention. Well, I knew Minter. Everybody knew Minter was going to Minter and his son were going to go with them. Uh, I'm a little surprised that, and that was the other aspect of the Ben Herbert thing is there's been reports that he wanted more from Michigan, although he's being paid over a million dollars. He wanted more, and Ward said no. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Not a big fan of Ward. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I don't know many Michigan um, people that are happy with Ward Manual. I think anybody who's been paying attention to the mess that athletic department's in shouldn't be a fan of Ward Manual. But the only thing I actually admired about Michigan in these negotiations is that they weren't going to give Harbaugh every single thing he asked for. And in the end, they did. And he still left. I mean, it, it, the good thing... They didn't, they didn't, though. I don't... Or they didn't give him the, no matter well, what you did, the, we'll let the very you get la- away At with the it. very last second. But at, you know, by then, the damage is done. The die is cast. And he's, like, he's gone. Well, congratulations, you know what? You should- Santa Ono, because you might finally get to be an important person at your university now that Jim Harbaugh's gone, because he was the well, president of that university. Oh, without a doubt, he was the most important employee of that university. Maybe uh, the most important employee in the state of Michigan. Uh, government employee? Highest paid, but... Probably. Now that Slapdick is un- gone. That is, that's not unusual, though. No, I know. I understand. Slapdick, is that literal? I think the effects speak for themselves in that one. That's the only part of that case that isn't contested. But, um, yeah. No. Uh, could you imagine I, two years ago thinking that these schools both have new head coaches going into next year? I mean, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I could imagine Michigan State having a new head coach because people really? were calling for Tuck's head for a long time. But but Harbaugh? Uh, well, which no, two? Harbaugh, I mean, you said you Harbaugh finally beat Ohio State, right? So Three if Harbaugh hadn't beat Ohio State, Hmm, that's then a great everybody question. would have wanted him yeah. gone too. Well, I wanted him gone in 2020. Sure, sure. And Jeff Rieger is a fraud. Ah! I wonder what he thinks now. Oh, he's a weirdo. He's bizarre. I'm, he's the Carlos Menares of. I'm glad uh, I was Detroit wrong. I, I'm glad I was wrong, and I'm glad Ward was really slow to fire him. So, congratulations, Ward. Your inaction makes you look like a genius. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more heads rolling at Michigan athletics before. Why uh, do you say that? Because I think Juwan Howard is uh, is got to be on uh, nah, double secret. He probation. already said he's not, which blows my mind. No, yeah, he absolutely should be on the hottest of hot seats. So let, let's let's go back to all court at coaching situations that we're aware of for the last twenty years. What happens right after the coach gets a vote of confidence from the owner or the general manager? They're gone. Uh, and speaking of Ward, I mean, he gave the volleyball coach a raise and then fired him three months later. And there's no letter of, um, what's it called when you fire somebody? You have to write a letter. I forget what it's called. There's a termination? Or? Yeah, a termination letter. Okay. There's none of that in his file. Yeah. And nobody knows why this volleyball coach was fired. People were surprised he had a five-year, $1 million deal. But, you know, that's kind of the going rate for A million dollars a year or 200 grand a year? Two hundred, Just over 200 grand okay. a year, okay. uh, which surprisingly isn't even in the top 10 of volleyball coaches in America, which kind of blew my mind. But nobody knows why this guy was fired. Yeah, but Michigan's and not. More importantly, why did Ward Manuel give him a new contract two months before he blew him out? Yeah, I, I not think. Not to mention Mel, um, a hockey coach, Mel uh, Pearson. Pearson. Lion and Mel. And he took forever to get rid of him when there was a lot of evidence that that was where it was going anyway. Well, he got I don't rid know, of him. Ward drives me nuts. He got rid of him pretty quickly after the national championship game. I mean, that was why they were slow walking, because Michigan was playing for a championship. Yeah, but then he stayed throughout the whole summer. They didn't get rid of him until the fall, as I recall. Maybe it did drag out like that, but I remember once the game was over, I thought, that's it. He's gone. Yeah. Win, win and stay, lose, and you're gone. But, uh, but we'll see. Anyway, big game in East Lansing night, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, if you see me there, say hey. And until next week. Please tell your friends about the Soul of Detroit. Please tell our sponsors that you found out about the Soul of Detroit, about them from the Soul of Detroit. I know we won't fix that in post. <laughs> but you are about to see a pretty slick piece of video editing. Are you going to watch it this time? You know, I, I, I look forward to your work 
like uh, like I would holding. I wish Sean was the tiny hand of. I wish a Sean was baby. here. He may be. <laughs> I, do you hear any snoring? Uh, no, nope. it's time for Cyrus. In fact, Sean, it is time for Cyrus. Cyrus, will you please take us out? Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Detroit. I'm sorry. Going on fourth down. He's never having to say you're sorry. Love story. Own it now in Honolulu Blue and Silver.